I'm thinking about the person right now who is listening and or watching this right now. And they're thinking, okay, Baron, I get what you're saying. I have buy-in. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you. But they're like, okay, now this giant world has opened up to me. Yeah. And I see so many options, so many worthy yeah. options and opportunities out there. How can I get clear on what I need to do? Yeah. That, that's what would you say to that person? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, and how I got into philanthropy even more, I had this uh, wealth advisor because I work with wealth advisors and accountants and attorneys uh, to create this kind of plan. You mentioned a wealth advisor earlier, mm -hmm. and I would handle the philanthropic side of that, right? Mm -hmm. And so this wealth advisor reached out to me and he said, would you come on my podcast because I can't really find philanthropic coaches like you. There's not many people doing what you do. Mm. And, and I have some goals, some endeavors to give back. He said, but where do I start? Right. And I said, what you mean? You don't know where to start. There's only 1.5 million nonprofits out there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know where to start. <laughs> and, and so that's what we 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 first tell people. Um, it is a challenge. You can do it on your own, but how we kind of help and navigate you through that process is so we help you create a mission and a vision around your giving. First, we help you create that philanthropic why. I told my story earlier. You know, I got my philanthropic why after my black eye. My eye, my um, life changed, but people have different reasons why they develop that philanthropic why. Right. Mm -hmm. And some people just don't know what it is. And so that's the first thing we help people mm -hmm. discover what's that philanthropic why? Like I was working with someone and he said, you know, Ben, I have four, seven million dollars I want to give away. I've never been philanthropic before. He said, but had problems with substance abuse. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what? I would love to give back to organizations that help people with substance abuse. He discovered his philanthropic why from his own pain, right? Oh my God. Oh. Yeah. And so that's what we want people to understand first. And we have a, a series of questions, uh, interviews, so to speak, but it's a fun kind of interview too, because you really kind of get to think about where, where my concept of money came. Did, mm -hmm. I, did I grow up um, thinking about helping people and donating money and all of that? And after we get to that part, we take them through the mission and the vision because once you create that mission for your family around your giving, I mean, you have some real clarity about this is what we're going to do and how we're going to use our money. Um, and then we help them literally map out a strategic plan for them um, as well as you know multiple coaching sessions. And then we find the organization. We help them find the organization that they want to support. So we do all the background, the research, the 990, all of those things they probably never heard of, right? <laughs> um, we take care of all of that. And then we put it together in a nice package for them. And we call it empowering them um, so they can be confident and really sure that the organization they're given to is not just, you know, just using their money for, you know, whatever it is. I just wrote an article 
getting it published now. Um, and the article was entitled, Why You Should Trust Nonprofit Unless You've Been Catfished, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we know how the catfishing process works. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of bad nonprofits out there. But we help kind of take some of that away once we educate them and teach them um, how they can, you know, really be empowered donors through their education and information. Sure. You know, you, you mentioned the word pain earlier. Yeah. Uh, and I and I smiled at that, not right. because it, it made me happy, but because um, that's, again, it's because of my greatest source of pain that you and I are talking today. That's exactly right. My divorce. I mean, yeah. truly. I, I tell people this all the time, and I, I believe it from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. If you really want to discover what your purpose is, your why, your reason for being here, yeah, look at your greatest source of pain. Yeah, if you have done the work, yeah, you have worked through the pain, not avoided it, not thrown things at it to try yeah. and numb it, but if yeah. you've actually done the work to get through it, purpose, why is on the other side of it. Yeah, that's where you find pain, purpose, platform in that order. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I believe that. What, one of my good friends and business associates, and I've been working with him for the, probably about the four or five years. Um, and he did research with the National Science Foundation, how to discover your purpose. Mm. And one of the things that is, matter of fact, it's discovering your purpose in 15 minutes. And he met someone driving an Uber and he told him, I can help you discover your purpose in 15 minutes. He said, no way. And he ended up doing this exercise with them and he was, he was stunned. And one of the things that he talks about is the pain point. Mm. And your purpose comes from your pain. Absolutely. That, you know, to your point, absolutely. There's research behind it as well. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things, and I'm speaking to, to those out there that are parents, one of the hardest things to do as a parent is to watch your kids go through Difficult, yeah. challenging, painful things. But honestly, going through difficult times, going through pain is what, first of all, it helps create character yeah. for our kids. But it also helps, again, provide purpose, meaning, direction yeah. for their lives. If we're constantly the kind of parents that are coming in and rescuing our yeah. kids from difficult things, they're never going to get it. And the earlier in life our kids can get it, the better off they are as adults. And dare I say, society as a whole is better off if our kids know earlier on rather than later. Because the lessons get harder and more expensive the older you get. A absolutely. <laughs> uh, John, I would have never sought after a career as a nonprofit professional, if I did not get mugged, no, no, how it would have never happened. <laughs> you know, um, I would have been that person later on in life to have an expensive lesson, right? Mm. <laughs> but I, it, it was out of that pain that I realized that I needed to change my life and do something different. Gotcha. Well, let's talk a little bit more, and we've we've kind of hinted at it all along here, 
about the role of relationships. So I want to ask you, because I believe that relationships are so critically important in business, but it really begins with what we deem to be our most significant relationships. Typically, those are the ones at home. Yeah. So what I want to know is, what are you doing right now to build into, to better, to somehow have this positive impact on those closest to you? And what, what impact do those relationships have on your business? The relationship. So how I think about relationships, I think that um, relationships is the key to, to life. I, our business is called the business of life, mm. uh, coaching and consulting. And the reason we call it that, because there's a lot of lessons that you learn in business that's very similar to life. And I've always kind of been this CEO of my, my home. And the reason I think about it that way is because as a CEO, as you know, as a business owner, the most important thing in that business is those internal relationships that you have with those, with your employees, right? Mm. People will stay at a job for the person they work with. Oh, yeah. It's the relationship that they have with a boss, you know, or a manager or director, whoever that may be. And so that's how I think about it as well. So when I'm uh, working with my family, we're getting ready to have our annual meeting. We normally meet in January for our family meeting. Uh, really establish what the year is. We always go back and do some reflection on um, some of our wins, some of our challenges in the previous year. You know, how God has really helped us to grow as individuals, but also as a family. And so we think about it kind of holistically um, in relationships. You know, when we first got married, um, someone said something, you know, about being healthy, happy, and holy. And those three things that is really our kind of mantra in our family, um, because we, we have to exercise, we have to be healthy, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, we have to uh, be able to uh, communicate with each other and make sure that we have good communication. Because if your communication is not good, guess what? You're not going to have a good relationship. Uh, so we, are, uh, we work on communication a lot. And as a result of you know, Monday morning manner, that's me just sending messages out every week before I did that. I did a 40 day devotion and I would just send emails and texts out to my family and make sure that we stay each other. Love that. Love that. What role would you say your faith plays in your business? Um, everything. And I say everything because there's a certain standard that we do business. And that standard is one. We have a higher authority than us. <laughs> and so when I'm working with customers, they don't ever have to worry about me shortchanging or not giving them value. Matter of fact, one of our things in our mission is that we add more value, you know, than um, they thought we would have. 
And I mm-hmm. believe that's what, as a, a person of faith, that's what Jesus did. He always gave more than he received. Um, and so for us from business, that's the first thing we think about. How do we add more value um, to every client, every customer that we have? I'm, I'm a part of a mastermind with Bob Berg. And, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's a wonderful book to go give her. And we talk, yeah. we talk about a lot of value and how you add value to people's lives. And this all, and you mentioned it early, which I love. I was like, wow, this, I've had some great conversations today when we start talking about how do you focus on other people more than you focus on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to do that. So my, my faith uh, is important to me and I use it, you know, to really, um, how I deal with people is probably one of the biggest ways that I do. Okay. Tell me what success looks like to you. Success. Um, years ago, I had to redefine what success was. Because as I mentioned, you know, being a third generation entrepreneur, I had I set on the prize of, of making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And my mom passed away. And before my mom passed away, um, she, she struggled with some depression um, many years. And then she was kind of healed and delivered. And her last seven years were probably her best seven. And she didn't have, you know, a whole lot of money. No one knew her name like that. She didn't have books or podcasts. But there was a peace and a freedom that she had. Mm. And and it just struck me. And I was like, I'm missing something. You you know, I'm missing something. And so... I went on this journey to redefine what success was for me. And first was my relationship with God. Um, I deemed that I'm doing that in the manner uh, which it comes to me, that's success. And I wanted to make sure that my family um, felt loved and supported. And I was able to be engaged in their lives, every aspect. And that's what success means. And lastly, how I support and help people in my community. Me being able to give back and make a difference in the lives of other people. And it doesn't have to be on a grand scale, but it's within, as we've been talking about, right? Within my ability and capability. And now, you know, I'm like, wow. And I'm not afraid to say I'm very successful in life, you know, <laughs> or I was thinking it had to, you know, had to have a few zeros behind it for it to feel like success. But every day I wake up, I know that I'm a very, uh, I'm very successful. And I'm, I mean, even more and more successful in life because I'm learning how to expand the vision that I have for helping people making a difference. My family is 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 doing very well, uh, and my relationship with God is something that I work on. Mm, love that. What would you say are the characteristics of, or what makes up a great leader? A great leader is someone who can be transparent. You know, someone that could really 
share who they are. A lot of times leaders don't want to be transparent. They want, they don't want to show you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for me being a leader, I want to be someone that they, you know, not just so what people can emulate, but for people to understand I've had my own challenges in my shoes and they're going to have them too. And they don't have to hide behind right? but they can, you know, you have to pick and choose your times, right? You have to use wisdom when you, you're being transparent, but it's, it's one of those things um, that's really important as a leader and for us to, to take ownership and when we make mistakes, you know, I think that's mm-hmm. so important. The other book that I'm, I'm writing now, it's called, mm-hmm. it's not my fault. But it is my responsibility, the, the business of life and leadership. And one of the things that I talk about or this book talks about is how we have to take personal responsibility for our actions. And sometimes it's not even our fault, but we still have a responsibility. And that's what I think good readers do. They're, they're transparent and they take responsibility for their actions. Mm, excellent. All right, now we're talking about advice. Two parts. What's yeah. the best advice you've ever been given and the best advice you've ever given to somebody else? So given and received. The best advice, you know, that, that's, a t- that's a tough one because, you know, you, you get a lot of um, advice, you know, through books or, you know, um, talking to people. Um, some of the best advice... I would say I've received is putting people before yourself. You know, I'm a part of the Rotary Club and Mm -hmm. Rotary is an international, you know, organization and it's a service club. Yes. Uh, And it, you know, our motto is service over self. And that's probably the best advice that I've heard because that was so counter to who I was as a person. Mm. When I think about some of the best advice is to learn how to put others. And then the best advice that I probably have given, and I've given away a lot of good advice, John, just (laughs) over the years. That sounds like another book, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We we have a (laughs) trademark, um, and it's living in freedom every day. That's our trade. Mm-hmm. And, and the advice that I give to people is don't let any person or anything steal your freedom from you. Mm. And to be able to live every day in freedom. And I really got that from my mom when I just described how free she was, right? That was like, wow. So it doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. There's a certain way that you can live your life and just be free. Every day is not going to be roses. We right. understand that. But we also have been in bondage for different time periods of our life. And we know what that feels like, right? Whether it's financial bondage, relationship bondage, whatever it is, education. Uh, but when you can live your life in freedom, every day, or at least pursue that. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that I will continue to share 
as long as I'm. Okay. Who is investing in you right now and how do you invest in yourself? Yeah, I have, I'm thinking about, ironically, I was thinking about this today. I was hmm. thinking about how do you go to the next level in business? So here I am working for a national nonprofit for 22 years. I transitioned to full-time business. And I can remember different times in my life where I went to this kind of next world up, yeah. right? And, and I think back what happened or transpired during that time to cause that to happen. And it was that personal investment into yourself, mm -hmm. right? And so I was thinking about today, what I'm doing right now in my life, probably more than any other time, I'm investing real money. I mean, real, real money into personally in my own growth and development. Mm -hmm. It's people that I'm doing masterminds with, they're really um, pouring into me and helping to develop me. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, we have other people. You know, you have friends and family and pastors and different people. That's a part of your life um, that's invested uh, into you as well. And your family. Those are the number one investments. <laughs> uh, your family, my wife, uh, my children, they are constantly... Um, investing into me uh, in the way that no one else. Sure. We're getting close to wrap up time here, Baron. But before we get there, um, if folks want to find you, connect with you, reach out to you, what are the best ways to do that? Yeah, you can just go to baronedamon.com. That's probably the simplest B A R R O N D A M O N.com. Um, that's one of the best ways to get in contact with me. We can set up a what we call a discovery call 15 20 minutes and see if um, we're a good fit for you and just talk about um philanthropy and maybe some of your goals around philanthropy or maybe you're just curious to know more about it and we'll love to have that conversation with you as well so um barondamon.com or baron at businessoflifecc.com you can email me as well gotcha LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn. You can always do that. For sure, for sure. And folks, all these things that Baron's talking about, we'll be sure to include them in the show notes. So don't worry about that, especially for those of you who are actively working on your health, as in your physical health right now. I don't want you to, you know, fall down from the treadmill trying to write this down. So <laughs> just know it's there for you. All right, we're coming to our final four. Four quick questions. Just tell me the first thing that pops in your head. Are you ready? Yes. I okay, agree. let's go. All right, here we go. Question number one. Why did God create Baron? So I can make a difference in the world. Love that. Number two, what are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? The go-giver. Okay. What do you do for fun? I love to play disc golf. I love to play golf. I love to spend time with my family. I love to travel. Absolutely love to travel. I um, play pickleball, um, read. Coaching is actually fun. So all those things are fun for me. Okay. That, this is just a side question only because you mentioned it. Um, where's the next place you guys are traveling to? We are going to St. Kitts. 
for our anniversary. We're celebrating number 26 this year. Congratulations. Thank you. That. Uh, number four, what are you most grateful for? I'm grateful for my relationship with God in my family. I, I am so grateful every day I get to wake up uh, if, with peace in my home. And my wife's hugging me, or if my children are here, they're out in the house now, but mm -hmm. they just adore me. And so I, I'm so grateful to have those relationships. And then friends and family members, um, that's, I'm really great. I'm, I'm a very blessed person as a result of that. It sounds like you are there for sure. Yeah. Well, listen, my friend, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing more about you, your story, your wisdom. Um, and I have to be honest and say that of all, all the things you shared with us today, the one that was the most meaningful to me was your backstory. Yeah. Because to me, the backstory is what provides the depth and the breadth of where somebody's coming from and helps me understand better why you do what you do. Yeah. And so that was especially meaningful to me today. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. I think I didn't go real deep. It gets a little a lot deeper. So I just wanted to I know we have that may be an offline conversation. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well again, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing more of you with us. Um I feel like I have a better idea not only of what philanthropy is, but what my role can be in it. So thank you for sharing those gems with us today because there were several. Well, John, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed our time. This is definitely a little bit different than other podcasts that I've been on. Uh, and I, I celebrate you for uh, creating a platform that people can, can share on, on multiple things even outside of their work specifically. So thank you for it. You bet. And just so you know, that's intentional. That's intentional. <laughs> Relationships and revenue. I like that's the right. Too, but I like the relationship. It's, it's all important, man. It's all important. And thanks to all of you for tuning in today because you have invested your most precious resource and that's your time. And I know you can't get it back. So thanks for doing that with us today. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody.